0: Africa rise and shine
1: Africa tour Africa amika na unahe.
2: Good morning, and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective, and we're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. We are on the frequencies seven two three zero kilohertz on the forty one meter band to southern Africa, and on double one nine two five kilohertz on the nineteen meter band to West Africa, as well as DSTV's audio bouquet channel eight zero two. I'm Lulu Gabu. In studio with Anne Musa, Tabis Oluhoku and Fikile Linguati. In our top stories on Africa, rise and shine at the Sawa. Fifteen candidates register for Zimbabwe's presidential elections. And power restored in South Africa after widespread load shedding. In economics news... Kenya plans to repeal a law that caps commercial interest rates. And in sports news, Egyptian striker Mo Salah fit to play in World Cup opener against Uruguay. But first up, the news with Anne Moussa.
3: A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musa. Fifteen presidential candidates have so far been cleared to run in Zimbabwe's elections due on the 30th of July. The Zimbabwe Electoral Commission published a provisional list of approved candidates that include President Emerson Mnangagwa and Opposition Leader Nelson Chamisa. More applications are still being processed. Justice Minister Ziyambi Zyambi says the high number of candidates is due to the fact that the country is now in a new dispensation and enjoying democracy.
0: So far I think I've seen about six uh, parties that are contesting and uh, which is which is exciting and good. It shows that our democracy is maturing. In terms of independence Zegger all the powers conferred by the Constitution to ensure that the elections is free, fair and credible.
3: South Sudanese rebel leader Rahik Macha has accepted an invitation from the Prime Minister of Ethiopia to hold talks with South Sudanese President Selvaqir in Addis Ababa next week, Machar's spokesperson says the invitation will go a long way in building confidence in the peace process. Machar, who is under house arrest in South Africa, had been invited by the Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed to attend the talks on Wednesday. The talks will be led by East African blog EGAD. It will be the first time that Kid and Machar meet since a peace deal between the government and Machar's rebel group fell apart in August 2016. 16. International Press Freedom Watchdog Reporters Without Borders has issued a statement condemning Sudan's national intelligence and security service. Sudanese security agents have confiscated entire print runs of three newspapers this week in what the media watchdog says is a new drive to gag press freedom in the African nation. One of the newspapers published a column that said President Omar Abashir's resignation might help in reviving the country's ailing economy. South Africa's Justice Minister Michael Masuta says he expects the reviewing of a law regarding the time limit of reporting sexual offences to be completed in less than the 24 months recommended by the Constitutional Court. On Thursday, the court upheld a high court ruling that the act is inconsistent with the Constitution. Until now, the law did not allow victims of sexual abuse to press criminal charges 20 years or more after the offence. The ruling comes after eight women approached the court to reverse the law. They accused late philanthropist Sidney Franco of sexually abusing them when they were children over 20 years ago. Masuta explains.
4: It might actually
5: not even be necessary
4: for us to introduce a new bill. We might need to rerun a public consultation process that uh, if Parliament may have to rerun that process another option may be but to agree with Parliament to introduce a committee bill that substitutes the executive bill that before Parliament and that might just uh, make things uh, shorter so that long before the 24 months
6: we have uh, something in place.
3: And finally, at least 53 people were killed and some 229,000 others affected by tropical cyclone Sagar. That caused heavy rains and flooding in Somaliland and Puntland in northern Somalia in May. Citing estimates from the local disaster management authorities in the two regional states, the United Nations Office for Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs said 50 people were killed in Somaliland while three lost their lives in Puntland. The UN Humanitarian Agency will be releasing about $3.5 U.S. million for response to the impact of the cyclone for Somaliland communities that were affected. And that's the news headlines at 8.30 Central African Time.
0: Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zola.
1: Africa, amuka na unai.
2: At least 15 presidential candidates would be fighting it out this year during the harmonized elections in Zimbabwe, scheduled for the 30th of July. For the first time since 1980, Robert Mugabe's name would not be appearing on the ballot paper following his resignation in November last year. Meanwhile, his successor, Emerson Nagagwa, will be contesting against Nelson Chamisa of MDC Alliance, Joyce Mujuru and other lesser-known candidates. Simon Muchema reports from Harare.
7: The waiting is over in Zimbabwe as the elections body announced on Thursday 15 candidates have entered the presidential race. Zimbabwe has more than 130 registered political parties, but due to the fact that some smaller parties formed coalitions with popular political parties, few candidates were nominated. On one hand, Zek was demanding 1,000 US dollars per candidate. 10 signatures from registered voters per province, per candidate in the presidential race, making it very difficult for some candidates to contest. The attention was, however, on the successful nomination of President Emerson Mnangagwa from ZANU-PF and 40-year-old Nelson Chamisa of the MDC Alliance. The two fielded their papers successfully before midday, then followed by Joyce Mujuru, Tokozani Kupe, and others. During the nomination court session, ZEC chairperson Justice Priscilla Chigumba expressed satisfaction over the entire process.
8: The process for the nomination of those who are aspiring to be members of parliament. Um, however, I did take notes because I did a tour of uh, um, Harare and Chitungiza in Epworth that uh, those who are aspiring. Aspiring for council, there's a bit of a challenge there. As you know, there, there is no um, monetary fee, and uh, I found that uh, there are quite a lot of aspirants for council. So um, I am anticipating that for all those courts that are sitting to take papers from um, potential nominees for council, they will sit probably past 10 p.m. today. Otherwise, I'm relatively happy. We did have a few incidents of um, allegations of intra-party violence, and I was quite confident uh, because we had adequate numbers of uh, Zimbabwe Republic police to take care of that. So overall, I'm fairly happy, and I'm very, very happy with the performance uh, by the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission and our
7: staff. Justice Minister Ziambi Ziambi, who was also filing papers for ZANU-PF Munangagwa said the high number of candidates was due to the fact that the country is now in a new dispensation and enjoying democracy.
0: So far, I think I've seen about six uh, parties that are contesting, and uh, which is which is exciting and good. It shows that our democracy is maturing. In terms of independence, Zek has all the powers conferred
7: by the constitution to ensure that the elections is free, fair and credible. While some independent candidates were not so happy with the process owing to the fact that Zek is yet to avail the voters' role, the Zek boss said she was not aware of such a problem. This is despite a high court order on Thursday compelling Zek to quickly avail the voters' role.
8: I'm not able to comment on those because those are specific um, challenges which um, I'd have to be briefed on. But uh, what I can say with confidence is that a lot of people on the provisional voters' roll, unless they were on the exclusion list, most of the people on the provisional voters' roll have actually made their way onto the final voters' roll not able to comment unless i am briefed on specific issues or specific cases
7: an independent candidate a sculptor and musician brian muteki said it was relieving that zimbabwe is now under some new leadership and that he managed to file his papers
5: yeah yeah managed. this is a historic moment for me as uh i grew up from the humble streets of highfields to challenge the highest office so we thank the new uh, democracy in Zimbabwe that we are also managing to do this. So wish uh, for a better improved Zimbabwe should you vote for Seguru Tower. People have been told things already. Uh, I'm not going to say much. I'm saying using my connections. I'm a well-traveled person. I've been to America, I've been to Europe, so I'm just going to use my influence to change. Not only change, but to improve the lives of Zimbabweans.
7: Meanwhile, as the presidential nomination was taking place in Harare at the High Court, in other provinces, aspiring candidates and councillors were also filing their papers. Reports of violence were received from some areas, but the police were vigilant and managed to deal with such cases on time. What is worrisome, though, is the fact that both the ruling ZANU-PF and MDC alliance face the challenges of registering more than one candidate in one area, a move that is likely going to confuse the electorate. For Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa.
9: Are you interested in generating business leads, networking, forming new partnerships, and igniting growth opportunities? Then you will be interested in the Vision 2030 Summit, themed Skills, Economic Growth, and Investment. The summit takes place from the 20th to the 21st of June at Emperor's Palace in Ekuruleni, South Africa. Speakers include Bonang Mohale, Tidiso Matuna. Nomalunga Logina, Sai Mamabolo, Kanyisele Koyama, and Risenga Malulega. Space is limited, but there is still time to book seats now at vision2030.co.za. That's vision2030.co.za. Or you can join Channel Africa on both days when we will be broadcasting live from the Vision 2030 Summit. Channel Africa bringing you the African perspective.
2: More than 200 refugees living in refugee camps in Kenya have presented a rare performance titled try my shoe a head of commemoration of the world refugee day held every year on the 20th of june the refugees were drawn from various refugee camps in kenya by the london-based human rights organization amnesty international shared a platform to present stories through poetry and music james manula attended the performance and prepared the following report
1: the refugees taking part in the one-day performance as citizens of countries in East Africa, the Horn of Africa and the Great Lakes regions, with the poetry blended together with the music and the dance and the theme of Try My Shoe amplified, the refugees expressed themselves artistically in various ways musically and poetically. Their artistic performance was used to increase awareness on the plight of refugees living in Kenya. Faith Atieno, speaking on behalf of Amnesty International, tells us tersely about Try My Shoe, the main theme of the rare refugees' performance.
10: Try My Shoe is to try and place yourself in the status of a refugee and try to think
3: from that situation.
1: Sharon Onyango amplifies on the theme of the performance before reciting a poem titled Empathy. Basically,
11: we wanted to know what they go through in, in the country where they're being hosted and uh, we interacted with them so we, we felt like it will be good if we put ourselves in their shoes, if we experience and uh, from what we've gained from the interaction we've had, they, there's a lot people assume about them, which is not true, like uh, many are being assumed to be terrorists, other are being assumed to be lazy, while in other... Basically what they are telling us, get to know us first before you can judge us.
1: Can you kindly just recite a poem and then we talk about it?
11: I'd call it empathy. So, before you mistake her, break fast from your selfishness. Take a break fast from your busy, perfect life, filled with comfort having too much abundance to spare, having none to care but your own, or rather only to those you know. You're quick to judge. Stop. Breaks fast. Take your time to know her for who she is. Yes, she is a refugee. With common interests like you, you both camp, but her camping? Her camping is the shelter she treasures. You come to, but just for pleasure. She lacks identity in your nationality, so you target with war, insecurity, and brutality as if she doesn't deserve any humanity. Her rights have been left unattended, her health neglected. Even the most common and greatest commandment, love, you deprive her, for she's not your neighbor. How? How do you love yourself or oh, your God? Don't you know? Don't you know that should life have dealt with a different aunt, she could be your aunt? or your sister, or even your mother. And for information, refugees are created in God's image too. So you can never say you love God and hate her.
1: Thank you. Wonderful indeed. Very articulate Mm -hmm. and with the breathers in between. Poem you are reciting is punctuated with very good um, anecdotes that uh, imply that uh, refugees are people plunged into a plight that will never end and they need sympathy and probably to steal your own word empathy when you say empathy or sympathy what do you mean to the listeners that are hearing you that have heard your poem as you recited can you just amplify very very quickly on those two words empathy sympathy
11: empathy you are basically putting yourself in their shoes like literally you get to
1: experience what they go through and with sympathy you you feel like what if it was you during the performance song stole the limelight money was the theme of one of the songs the theme of money was chosen to show that it is the cause of evils the very evils that lead to chaos the very chaos that forced thousands of people to flee their countries to seek refuge in other countries. Listen to what follows as I interact with the singers and the composers of a song titled Money. I am Poet Kenny, Kenny Kibet. I'm Jesse David. I'm Abdurrahman Sigilai. Sigilai is on the drums, Jesse is on the guitar, and Kenny is standing here with me. Now, start your things. In between, I'll be crossing to ask you questions. Can you sing the first song? What is the title of the song? It's called Money. Money. Yeah. Money.
9: Yes, sir.
0: money is the root of all evil so we basically wanted to show the community that it, it doesn't depend on money and everything
1: why did you introduce uh, money in the song especially at this time when refugees uh, are about to mark uh, the commemoration of uh, the day they are remembered if we did not have this issue about money and this this small small issues brought by money then we wouldn't be having the refugees at the first place looking at uh, the money uh, theme itself what lesson does it teach uh, refugees that um, it doesn't depend on what you have it, it, it is not about the
0: amount that you have or anything it is the strength of a man is in his heart the size of the
1: heart is what matters reporting for channel africa this is james shimanyula
5: Pari etise matche mingabu baoni kedu mbote demne bonsoir join me richard mwamba for a music show on channel africa called africa in song every saturday and sunday from 18 to 20 hours central african time africa in song saturday and sunday from 18 to 20 hours central african time
12: Let's Let's talk talk about about
11: it. It. Hi, I'm Joe Mangia.
10: And I'm Tabisa Jala.
11: Join us at 9 a.m. Central African Time. Let's Let's talk talk about about it. It.
10: A program on AIDS and other social issues.
11: A program that will encourage
9: a positive lifestyle to young people affected and infected. Let's Let's talk talk about about it. it.
12: At At 9 a.m.
9: Central Central African Time on on
11: Channel Africa. Africa.
2: It's 8.21 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. We're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. It was lights up for most South Africans last night as the national power system was constrained due to the ongoing industrial action by workers at the country's power utility, ESCOM. The power utility is offering no increase in the current wage negotiations, while the workers represented by three unions in the organization are demanding up to 15% increment. To talk more about this, we're now joined on the line by the spokesperson at ESCOM, Kulu Pasiwe. Kulu, thank you so much for joining us on Africa Rise and Shine.
4: Thank you, and good morning, Charles.
2: Now, what is the scale of the controlled load shedding that you undertook last night? And as it stands right now, How is the national power system?
4: Well, currently the power system is relatively stable. Our people are able to go in and out of the power stations to make sure that we keep the lights on. But yesterday, unfortunately, we had a situation where there was a bad-wild-capped industrial action. And many of our people who are not part of this industrial action were intimidated. And some of them even being attacked at their own houses before they could even report for work. So all of that showed uh, some kind of panic and uh, uh, fear. And also you had some of our own people who went into some of the power stations and started uh, um, fiddling uh, with uh, some of the electrical equipment, which ultimately resulted in some of the uh, breakdowns. And unfortunately, late in the evening, uh, as the temperatures began to drop, then unfortunately we were unable to, to meet the demand that led to the uh, implementation of St. John of
2: Lodgeri. now with just what you've said, from what you've just said, are there going to be any arrests made against those people? Are people going to be held to account?
4: Several people already have been uh, uh, nabbed by the police, but uh, obviously this is an ongoing kind of activity, so we'll continue to monitor the situation to make sure that we protect our assets. But uh, it has to be understood that when uh, someone has been entrusted by the company and by extension by the government to go and work at a power station and make sure that you keep the lights on, and the very same person who has been given this responsibility is the one who is going to trip uh, the power station, then clearly we have a big problem as as a nation, and therefore those things need to be addressed at a higher level other than
13: ESCOM
2: now with the unions and the union and their members stating that they would uh, protest uh, yesterday which was on Thursday at uh, your head office in 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 uh, sunninghill and I, th- I think at some point yesterday um your head office was also in total darkness during the day do um, you know, are we, are we to expect more load shedding and will you be sitting down and starting uh, or, or renegotiating with the unions?
4: Well, as far as uh, renegotiation process is concerned, that one has always been there. Because remember that the unions in terms of the normal procedures, they have now taken the matter to the CCNA after we have locked. So in other words, very soon the CCMA is going to call or give us a date, and then all of us will be asked to go there so that uh, this matter can be adjudicated by an independent uh, arbitrator. So we are hopeful that while we are waiting for this formal reconvening by the CCMA, uh, sanity will prevail so that uh, we can make sure that we keep the lights on and people will be allowed to go into our power station. Today, as of between now, there are at least two power stations which are already having people uh, picketing outside of them. So if that continues and it grows beyond the two power stations, then clearly we might be heading for travel again. And as a result, as I speak right now, I cannot say for sure that uh, we will not implement load sharing again because of the intimidations that we are beginning to see again.
2: Now, let's speak about the impact of uh, the, um, you know, load shedding, so to speak, or the situation, um, you know, worsening on the economy. What are you doing to try and ensure that this this doesn't happen in terms of, you know, you mentioned that there, there's a possibility, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but there is an impact economically.
4: Indeed. Load sharing is very expensive for South Africa as a whole. Some economists are claiming that uh, when there's load sharing it uh, takes off about 100 uh, uh, billion rent a day uh, when there's this kind of activity. So we are hoping that uh, um, um, sanity will prevail from today onward so that uh, people who are not part of this industrial action should go to work and do what they have to do to make sure that we keep their lives on. It has to be understood, and, uh, and we need to remind our, our viewers and listeners that out of the three unions here, it's only two that are, uh, uh, are engaging on these illegal uh, activities. And uh, these two unions have uh, just over 20, 25,000 members between them. In other words, out of the 47,000 people who work for this organization, a, a big number of them, almost half of them, are not part of this uh, illegal uh, strike action. And therefore, if things were equal, these people who are not part of this industrial action ideally should be allowed to go and work. And as a result, we shouldn't be even be talking about load sharing today. But unfortunately, because of intimidation and people also going to willfully uh, uh, break down our, our systems, then clearly all of these things are compromising our ability to continue to ensure security of power supply.
2: Is there a possibility of, uh, you know, um, ESCOM uh, changing its stance on the 0% increment? Are you willing to meet um, the unions halfway?
4: Well, yesterday the CEO did indicate that uh, we are going to go to the CCMA. So we're going to put our books and uh, information on the table to the new uh, or to this uh, independent uh, uh, um, arbitrator and then we'll take it from there. Negotiations by definition are a give and take. So clearly we are willing to influence and be
2: influenced. Kulu, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm sure we'll be getting further updates from you. uh, that was Kulupa Siwe, spokesperson for South Africa's power utility, ESCOM, just giving us an update of uh, the impromptu load shedding that took place in uh, the whole of South Africa um, yesterday.
0: Africa, rise and shine.
1: Africa, Tzorza. Africa, amuka na unai.
2: Former South African President Kalima Mutlante has arrived at Champagne Valley in the Guazun-Natal province where his foundation is hosting the Inclusive Growth Forum as part of Youth Month. Mutlante says former presidents should use their privilege Access to sitting presidents to be champions for the marginalized like the youth. His foundation will engage thought leaders in response to South Africa's presidential Ramaphosa's Tumamina call. Ntakwanangatane reports from Champaign Valley.
10: The Khalima Motlante Foundation has been working off the radar, but the Tumamina call has given the former premier confidence to come out. He has summoned statisticians, economists and the youth to a retreat. They will recommend how to fast-track implementation of the national development plan for future generations. And he has advice for his fellow former presidents.
5: It's to understand that we are privileged. Uh, Privileged in the sense that, uh, unlike anybody else, I can go and seek audience with a sitting head of state or a minister or anybody. And so <clears throat> and uh, that's the one side of it. The other side is that uh, you then get to get feedback from ordinary people.
10: Among topics to be discussed land, the fourth industrial revolution, making space for youth participation and jobs.
5: It's important to have to model what future we Uh, envisage and and we would like to have uh, and and then begin to work towards that future
10: president cyril ramaphosa will deliver the keynote address
5: many young people are unemployed right now that is what keeps me awake at night i worry about this level of unemployment about, about among young people
10: Mutante's high-level panel on land legislation said the need to beef up implementation for expropriation is bigger than the need to amend the Constitution he says for that implementation to happen across the board the governing party should loosen its grip on government
5: you will not have a capable state if there's a high turnover in the departments uh, at senior management level because then it means there's no institutional memory. It means, uh, you know, the, the political head together with senior managers are all on a steep learning curve.
10: And a word on where the money should
5: come from. Foreign investors take their cue. They, they also watch uh, the behavior of uh, local investors. If, if local investors are investing elsewhere, uh, you, you've lost the best ambassadors.
10: The Inclusive Growth Forum will end on Sunday. i at Champagne Valley in KwaZulu-Natal.
2: Our headlines up next with An Musa.
3: Very good morning to you. I'm Anne Moussa. The headlines, 15 presidential candidates have so far been cleared to run in Zimbabwe's elections due on the 30th of July. South Africa's Justice Minister Michael Masuta says he expects the reviewing of a law regarding the time limit of reporting sexual offences to be completed in less than the 24 months recommended by the Constitutional Court. And U.S. President Donald Trump brands a lawsuit being brought against him and three of his children as a ridiculous case tramped up by what he calls sleazy New York Democrats. Those are the stories making headlines.
2: Thank you, and It is 8.33 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. We're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. Our tomorrow, South Africa commemorates 42 years since the 1976 Soweto uprising. The June 16 uprising was a series of protests by black pupils in response to the Afrikaans' medium decree of 1974. We take stock of how history changed since then, and ask if given the challenges the country faces today of social and economical inequality among others, the aims of the June 16, have the aims of June 16 been achieved? We are joined on the line by struggle icon Seth Mazibugo who was the youngest member of the Student Action Committee that planned and led the Soweto Uprising. Good morning Seth and thank you so much for joining us on Africa Rise and Shine.
6: My sister Lulu, good morning and good morning to the whole of Africa.
2: Now, take us back very briefly. I know you you probably ask this question all the time um, since those years and since the democracy. Take us back to that day, June 16 in 1976 and the events that led up to that day. You were there. Yes,
6: ma'am. The day. The decision to even um, go into the streets on day June 16 <clears throat> was made after the South African student movement SASM, uh, which was a high school body of, um, of of the Black Consciousness movement of the times, where leaders such as Steve Biko were critical in you know the whole movement of you know, the liberation of the mind in particular. So some of us were in southern, took from, you know, that teaching of the liberation of the mind. And central to that liberation of the mind was even the education that was given to us. And that education of the education of the oppressor called Bantu education, which was meant for blacks. So we had to free ourselves from this. So the decision was taken to support the schools that were already in court three months before that. And now coming directly to the day itself, Lulu, I hate all the time to talk about this because it brings tears and it, it it takes me back. And I've cried, I've done everything. And because the one worst thing that happened that day is that which I still regret, Lulu, to date, is that here I am, a child of sixteen years, I was sixteen years old at that. I led South African children out of the classrooms to be mowed down by their own fathers who were the police. That, Lulu, to many of us were leaders at the time. And that still sits with us. It still sits with me. I still cannot forgive myself. It was that morning where the corpses of children were scattered all over. It was the morning when Mama Winnie Mandela, when Mama Sophie Dima, the, the voices are still here in, in our ears saying they're killing our children. And four hundred and so children by the end of that week were either underground or were killed or in hospital. That is still living with us and that is still lives with me.
2: Now, Seth, moving on, present day today, mm. would you say in terms of um, the country, Government and its people in honoring this legacy that you speak about so emotionally that you draw us as if we were also present there. What's your take on the status of the country currently and government and the situation economically? Um, and, and looking at the youth of the country present day today, what's your take on that and what needs to be done? Let me. Let me start
6: first, eh, 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 Lulu. Sorry, I'm trying to get myself together. <laughs> Sorry about this. And That's okay. Let me, yeah, let me start first by having to say, we are no near, you know, to what the 76 children for for. In this country, we still have a system of education that is still heavily colonized. Central to this is that if you were to ask a black child or a young or a youth now about June 16th the day, they will actually tell you about a party, about drinking, about going to dance on death in big stadiums. They won't tell you about the day. If you were to ask them about Hector Peterson, Heston Jovu, Sia Tima also Sia Shulu, they won't know. But ask them about who develop and at the Cape of Good Hope those excel. Let me assure you, today we speak in this country about young people having to fight for economic emancipation. And can I assure you, we are getting into that economic eman- emancipation if we do. You know, with our minds, as Steve Bigot would say, that are still not free to be able to even deal with that economic emancipation we've become a country our young people have become you know more of what i call dr you know the dress, drink and drive kind of values that they're pursuing no african values are inculcated in our children no uh, uh, they don't even know about african victories you know so my anger, and that is also because I'm a very emotional person, I know that. My anger is that now, even that which was the blood of the Matthias that watered the tree of liberation is not, the fruit is not enjoyed by, by, by our youth and by our people. Our people are still in RTP houses. Our people are still paying prepaid electricity. Now, the few who have actually hijacked you know, the, the, the tree of liberation. It has gone with the good it has We have a serious problem in this country. We need a codeza of a return of the African values, the return of, so that when we get into economic freedom, when we get our land back, we know how to deal with it. Now, so if- Our children, for that matter, let me make up this point. Mm. Social media will tell you now, you should be you are familiar with that. our children are picking up teachers in classrooms. our children are rating each other in the classrooms. our children are spending more time in the bedroom than they are spending in the bedroom or in the classroom and that tells you how of you know our values we have lost. but having said that, my sister, let me put this point and it's very important, and I'm going to apologize to Africa, and I'm going to apologize to the youth of Africa. We are to be blamed as parents and leaders of 1976. What happened in 1994 when we started negotiating this country? We ran for BEE, that Economic Empowerment. We ran to be in parliament. We left a gap. We left our children leaderless. We left our children parentless. We ignored them. And now they had to find an alternative leader, alternative parents, and all that. And the results thereof we see today, not only in education, in their behavior, in how they do things. And for that, I am saying to the young people and the leaders, particularly young leaders now, I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm doing so, I'm saying sorry, even on behalf of those who have died and disappeared. And I'm saying, we must try to reconnect and correct what we are going through.
2: Seth, thank you so much for joining us. We'll leave it at that point.
6: Thank you, my fo- thank you, my sister. And please, tomorrow, don't put on school form and fill up the stadium and no. get on
2: desk. <laughs> Just don't do that. No, not at, Just, not at all. Not at all. Please
6: tell Africa not to do that. Tomorrow, let us reflect and let us refocus.
2: Thank you, Seth. We'll leave it there for now. That struggle icon, Seth Mazubugo, who was the youngest member of the Student Action Committee that planned and led the Soweto uprising in 1976 here in South Africa. And as you heard it from him, do not put on your school uniform, do not dance on tables, do not go to parties, but uh, sit down and reflect. Africa, rise and shine.
0: Africa rise and shine
1: Africa tora Africa amka na unai
2: With the South African government catering to just 400,000 unemployed young graduates, street children and those without skills continue to face neglect and a grim future. Calling themselves the forgotten youth, these young people often shelter under the bridges of the country's highways. Some support a drug habit, irking out a living pushing trolleys of plastic bottles and scrap metals, acting as unofficial car guards, or just simply begging. Ndebo Mugobo caught up with the government agency responsible for the empowerment of young people, National Youth Development Agency of South Africa, and filed this report.
13: Born into a family of six with a single parent, 25-year-old Tsepo Kwari completed his schooling with a university exemption at a secondary in Brantflay outside Ranfontein, west of Johannesburg in 2013. And as a top student, he got a buzzer from the Houghton City Region Academy to further his studies. He is now a BCom graduate from the University of Johannesburg. After completing his studies in 2016, Gwadi has been sending his CVs to potential employers without luck. His wish is to get a job and take his mother and his five siblings out of the Ellens' flay informal settlement.
4: What I'm actually planning to do is uh, to build them the house. That's the first important thing that I want to do. I want to burden their house and then
13: I want to take them out of here. It's not a, a, a place that is good for me and for my family, that's what I think. With the unemployment rate among young people between the ages of 15 and 34 standing at just over 38% in the first quarter of 2018, Kwadi's situation is by no means unique. But he remains hopeful and says he has big dreams for the future, not just to help him and his family. He hopes to build a centre of hope for all young people in the informal settlement and help learners who are doing accounting with their studies. My hope is just to be a CA, and I think I will be doing this in the next years.
4: I don't only want to work alone, I want other people as well to be part of it. I'm looking forward actually to recruit young people. I'm actually good in accounting, so I'm looking forward to open the School of Accounting around here, whereby I will be able to help and assist those ones who are doing accounting. It's very important to give back where you come from. I'm looking forward actually to build a place in my community whereby I will actually give back to the community.
13: President Cyril Ramaphosa has announced youth unemployment as a major priority, recently launching the Youth Employment Service that will see businesses offer year-long on-the-job training to young people, and those offering apprenticeships will receive tax incentive for their efforts. The national youth development agency is the body tasked by government to promote youth development and entrepreneurship and in helping unemployed graduates like wadi nydia chairperson's fissom 20 says they are lobbying for government to pass laws that will do away with experience as a requirement and for companies to have quotas for youth in their staff complement,
7: The people who've come out of the education system in our country, from very reputable universities, part of the course material says that in your last year of study there's experiential
13: learning, so highly involved in drugs. And as the country commemorates National Youth Day on Saturday with the president having to meet and speak to the country's youth, forgotten young people now on the streets like Tzuwana and Mchilibu won't even notice the day. President Cyril Ramaphosa will start his youth day activities with a walk from Maurice Isaacson in Central Western Jabavu in Soweto to the Orlando Stadium where he will address the main youth day rally. I am Tebu Mokobi in Soweto.
2: Our economics update up next with Tabi
12: Good morning. You're listening to Channel Africa. South Africa's power utility says its power systems could not cope with the high electricity demand last night, leading to load shedding for the first time in years. Eskom commenced with load shedding due to constraints to supply as a result of industrial action. Spokesperson Kulupasiwa claims the striking employees are intentionally sabotaging power supply.
4: Well, last night, unfortunately, you also had a situation where our own people, our own technicians were going around uh, the country uh, tripping off uh, some of our electrical installations, deliberately so, especially here in Johannesburg, but also we understand in other provinces as well. And also the fact that at our power stations, um, we couldn't uh, uh, um, have uh, coal trucks going in to deliver coal. And, um, ultimately, we were left with no option but uh, to to, uh, to implement stage one of
9: locating.
12: Kenya's Finance Minister, Henry Rotech, says he will propose a repealing a cap on commercial lending rates as he presented a budget, including a new tax on financial transactions. Private sector credit growth slowed sharply after lawmakers capped the amount of interest commercial banks can charge their customers at 4 percentage points above the central bank rate. Ratik targeted a budget deficit of 5.7% of gross domestic product for the financial year starting next month, less than the 7.2% budgeted for 2017-18. SoftBank Group has decided to invest 60 to 100 billion U.S. dollars in solar power generation in India. The bank and the Indian government are expected to reach a formal agreement soon after final arrangements are made. Now the company is expected to make the investment through a fund backed by Saudi Arabia's government. Saudi Arabia is the largest investor in SoftBank's Vision Fund, which raised over $93 billion last year. The American telephone and telegraph company AT&T has closed a deal to acquire the entertainment company Time Warner after it reached an agreement with antitrust regulators in the United States. The move was opposed by President Donald Trump during his election campaign. The BBC's Paul Blake reports. The $85 billion deal has been nearly two years in the making and brings well-known franchises like Game of Thrones, Wonder Woman, and CNN under the roof of America's largest pay TV provider. The deal kicked off one of the biggest U.S. antitrust lawsuits in decades when the Trump administration sued to block it from going ahead, saying that it would harm consumers. But AT&T argued it needed to acquire Time Warner to compete with online streaming services like Amazon and Netflix, and it was given the go-ahead to do so by a judge earlier this week. Mining production in South Africa has contracted for the second consecutive month on year. Figures released by Stats SA show that mining production fell 4.3 percent in April, after recording a 8.5 percent fall in March. The largest negative contributors to the decline were platinum group metals, followed by metallic minerals and diamond production. John Pieter Blanche is with the Stats SA.
4: That the drop was largely a result in the decrease production of the platinum group metals that fell by 6.5%. This is also the fifth consecutive month of a year-on-year decline in platinum production. Gold experienced its seventh month of year-on-year production decline, falling by 5.7% in April 2018. In fact, most minerals experienced a year-on-year production decline in April 2018. Only chromium ore and coal were the notable exceptions, however. They both saw slight increases in production.
12: The U.S. dollar trades at 10.1 Botswana Pula. It's at 9.93 in Zambia. In BRICS currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 3.73 Brazilian roll at 62.36 Russian ruble, and at 67.57 Indian rupee. It's at 6.39 to the Chinese yuan, and at 12, or rather 13.29 to the South African rank. 74 pence British pound 85 cents euro golden thousand three zero one dollars a platinum nine zero five dollars per ounce at so the price of brand crude oil is at seventy-five dollars eighty one cents a barrel. Channel Africa from an African perspective, I'm Tabi Sodohoku and it's Friday.
2: so we are here the opening came first match came opening match russia against saudi arabia and obviously it's a good win they will keep people going into the stadiums with five nil really
0: yeah dobre udra first uh, to you uh Lulu. oh it's dobre possible. udra it's possible mm. uh yeah no it was a very good game and uh, i can tell you that uh it got off to a good start you know if you compare it to what happened in 2010 there was that euphoria you know we, we played with mexico we played very well we couldn't win but uh, you know the first goal by spiel also brought that fun and, mm. and excitement so i can imagine i'm not in russia but i can imagine with the win in their own backyard first game they haven't been playing uh, competitive games they were playing friendly games because of the of, of them here being the host so the win it actually brings back that uh, excitement to the team and and to the to the to the people of russia at home mm.
2: and uh, just uh, you know in terms of russia does it do you think it puts russia in contention
0: no 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 <laughs> no they, they will never be in contention for the cup but at least if it takes them to the next level if they they, they qualify to the uh, uh knockout stages it, it, it at least they've, they've they've gone from somewhere to 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 somewhere as opposed to going out in the first round. It's, it's, it's bad for a host.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll keep asking you. African teams, we've got Egypt, we've got Tunisia, we've got Nigeria. One of them has to get to at least the quarterfinals.
0: Yeah, they have to. But Which they, one?
2: Which team is going to get to the quarterfinals?
0: I think that's very hard for me to say. They will play very well. Some of the teams are one-man team. Some of the teams are not together. They still have to come together and see they play in a team fashion. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything that do, will break my heart.
2: <laughs> okay, so give us a, a, a bit of an update on, on our sports that's taking place this weekend.
0: I'll start by saying dobra hutra now. Um, the mood is Russian. The 2018 FIFA World Cup got to a, three, a five-star start in Moscow and Russia yesterday when the host humiliated Saudi Arabia 5-0. And our SABC sports journalist, William Mule, is
9: there and has this report. It was a perfect start for the Russians, who came to this tournament as the lowest-ranked country at 70th, playing against a team that was just three spots ahead of them. The hosts didn't waste time, opening their goal-scoring account inside the first 12 minutes of the game through Lori Gansinski's header. After coming on as a substitute in the 23rd minute, Cherishev, a former Real Madrid academy player, now with Villarreal in the Spanish La Liga, didn't waste time scoring his first goal in the 43rd minute before completing his brace in spectacular fashion at the stroke of full-time. Golovin finished the game with three assists. The win is a huge relief for the Russians in a tough Group A that has Luis Suarez's Uruguay and Mosul's Egypt. There were mixed reactions from the home fans.
5: It's a great, great game. <laughs> we, we don't have any... надежда, 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 надежда. Russia
0: not
13: play very good is it uh it's lucky 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 5-0 uh, lucky i think why, my why,
9: opinion why do you think it's lucky no uh, no playing playing uh, was uh, very bad okay i think fair enough what do you think you feel maybe you were playing against a weak team you, you, you feel maybe saudi arabia was not strong uh, i don't know what about arabia i think about Rush team, Rush team was
1: not so good, it's my opinion.
0: Lastly, the Momentum Pro Tiers have their eyes set on making history by winning a bilateral one-day international series against England for the first time when the team meets in the third and the final ICC Women's Challenge IWC match in Canterbury today. The series stands at one all after the hosts leveled their chances with a 69-rig victory in Hove on Tuesday. The series, which falls under the IWC, forms part of another objective for the visitors, which is a direct qualification for the 2021 ICC Women's World Cup in New Zealand, for which England are defending champions. That's a sport news this hour.
12: Channel Africa brings you world to wall coverage of the 2018 FIFA World Cup Finals in Russia. Visit our dedicated World Cup page on www.channelafrica.org.za for in-depth coverage, which includes a previews, reviews, analysis, breaking news and a podcast of latest interviews. We will also bring you the very latest news from Russia with our Nigerian correspondent Tony Ubani and the BBC's reporters in our daily hourly sports bulletins and on the Africa at Play sports show on Friday, Saturday and Sunday from 5pm to 6pm Central African time. Channel Africa, your home of the 2018 FIFA World Cup Finals.
0: Africa, rise and shine. Africa,
1: Zorba. Africa, amuka na unai.
2: That wraps up Africa Rise and Shine for this week. For myself, Lulu Gabu, producers Pumutaramagaza and Selina Ndobong, technical producer Mario Edwards, and the rest of the team. Thank you for joining us. For comments about our show, send us an email at infochannelafrica.org, at WhatsApp on 277-6300-3327, or tweet us at RiseShineAfrica. Taking us to the top of the hour for the news on the frequency 7230 kHz on the 41 meter band to Southern Africa is Do Me and the Volume with a song titled A Tribute to the Victims of the June 16, 1976 Student Uprising in Soweto. And it's titled 76. Bye bye. <laughs>
3: got it worse 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 ooh i still got it worse
10: 76 was not a very good year
3: oh we were so caught up with fear of Got it worse, got it worse, got it worse Got it worse, got it worse mm, Got it worse, got it worse ah, ah,
1: ah, ah, ah. Good morning and welcome to Channel Africa broadcasting to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. We are on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. First, let's cross over to the news desk for the latest news from Africa and abroad.
3: In the headlines, 15 presidential candidates cleared so far to run in Zimbabwe's elections next month. The international press Freedom Watchdog condemned Sudan's national intelligence and security service offensive against critical journalists. And U.S. President Donald Trump brands a lawsuit against him and three of his children as a ridiculous case. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Moussa. Fifteen presidential candidates have so far been cleared to run in Zimbabwe's elections due on the 30th of July. The Zimbabwe Electoral Commission published a provisional list of approved candidates that include President Emerson Mnangagwa and Opposition Leader Nelson Chamisa. More applications are still being processed. Justice Minister Zyambi Zyambi says the high number of candidates is due to the fact that the country is now in a new dispensation and enjoying democracy.
0: So far I think I've seen about six uh, parties that are contesting and uh, which is, which is exciting and good. It shows that our democracy is mature.